Hi everyone, welcome to another episode on Unplug with Annie on the series of Release. Today I have Jennifer on the show. Jennifer is a young, driven, multifaceted woman with big dreams. Born and raised in Hillside, New Jersey, she started dreaming at a very young age and she began in a very creative space of pageants and cheerleading and dancing and later went to study business and marketing. And she's also a certified medical clinical assistant, entrepreneur, coach, author, sister, friend, daughter, and most importantly, um, a woman of God. Uh, Jennifer is no stranger to adversity, as she has said, but she definitely has played the faith card and does believe that it will lead to victory. And as you get to know her through her blogs and her stories, you'll see that self-worth and determination and the power of God's grace and mercy can just do wonders. And, and that is her wonderful testimony so that she prays that she's an example to other people. And I find that super, super exciting. So I can't wait to have this conversation. Hi, Jennifer. Welcome to Unplug with Annie. I'm so happy to have you uh, on this specific series called Release because I think you would be perfect for this. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and I'm honored that you chose me to even share with you on your platform. Well, I, I absolutely love the, the content that you post um, on Instagram and that's how I find a lot of, of my audience and people that um, I, I have been following for a while and I, I really like find a lot of wisdom in the post that you, you, you put out and I think it, it really speaks to me. So um, first, to talk a little bit about your journey um obviously you started as what seems to be like a very creative person um cheerleading and dance you mentioned was a big part of your life and then you transitioned sort of into entrepreneurship and and business um so what was that switch for you what how did that happen okay so i'm one of those people who entrepreneurship wasn't really something that i ever thought about as a child that i even wanted to do. Owning a business wasn't something that was a passion for me. However, my family, um, my grandfather and uh, lots of other uh, family members were entrepreneurs themselves. So I got, in, I went to college because you know, that's what they tell you to do. You go to school, get a job and that's what you do. And unfortunately I wasn't able to finish college. So at that point I was like, okay, well you have to find a different route for yourself because you need to be able to take care of yourself. Um, I'm not somebody that was, you know, hands uh, spoon fed everything. So I learned um, independency pretty, pretty quickly. So I remember I had decided I wanted to go back to school after I've been bartending, um, working in different restaurants and clubs. I was waiting tables and then I had stumbled upon a car dealership and I was working in their call center and I was like, okay. Well, let me try this school thing again, but I wanted to go back to school for something in the medical field. So I went back and I decided to take up medical assisting. And in my journey of pursuing that degree, I came across a company, a network marketing company that I absolutely fell in love with. And for me, it just made sense. The opportunity was presented to me. Um, the products were amazing. And I was like, hmm. I was like, okay, well, and I didn't want to bartend anymore at the time. So I said, well, maybe this can be what takes my part-time income that way I don't have to work the late nights this is something I can do on the side and very quickly it went from a side income to a six-figure income literally um within about what was it five months I was making a five-figure income and then 
and that following year by the end of the year I had made well over a hundred thousand dollars so it kind of just fell into my lap and I started learning different I was very coachable so I realized I was in a, a market that I had never done business in I was in a field that I had never experienced and I decided that I was going to listen to the people who made the money and the more I listened to them the more I implemented the the trainings and the things that they wanted me to do, the more successful I I became. And through that, I began to understand what my true passion was. My true passion was helping people. I I am a solutionist. I find solutions for people when they can't find one. So Mm -hmm. not only was I able to help people with the products because the products were amazing, I was also able to help women particularly bring extra income in their home, which did things like awarded families their first trip to Disney World. It paid for their gas. It paid for, you know, car notes, things that just made life easier. And I saw women's lives just continuously being changed because of my yes. So then I've realized, um, what else can I do, right? How else can I impact the lives of other people? And during that, I, I, I talk about love and relationships a lot, and I always have. So I used to get a lot of women inboxing me about relationship stuff and I was like you know um a lot of questions about relationship stuff and I wanted to provide us a lane for them to be able to access me outside of that current business Mm -hmm. so I had a mentor at the time she was um a a Christian mentor for me and also a life mentor and she said well why don't you become like a coach or a counselor or something like that so I took up a Christian coaching program finished the program launched my my, my program and I've been doing that for about the last five or six years now as well. Mm, that's amazing. I find it so interesting. So something you said where you said that obviously you made that transition and things kind of propelled very quickly. And, 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 and since I know you are a woman who's, who's very much God believing and, you know, faithful on this journey. Um, do you feel that, I mean, a lot of the signs that people, when I, when I talk to fellow friends who are um, of the Christian faith and, uh, you know, really are driven by God's will for their life. A lot of the things they say are the things that are for you, give you a certain peace. Um, And other than that, when something is for you, there's less striving and it just kind of clicks. And I wonder like what, what your thoughts are on this. When, when it is God's plan for your life, do you just feel like the alignment happens and, it happens without that struggle um or do you think it is a process of struggle regardless of what you're doing and and i'm interested in how you understand that i think that for for me personally when i know that i'm operating in god's will i feel a peace for one and then for two i also feel the passion backing it but the word says faith without works is dead. So while I may believe that this is God's will for my life, I also know that I'm going to have to do the work, right? Mm-hmm. So um, when you do, when you get into doing the work, that's when things can become a little stressful. It can become a little uh, tedious or it can make you second guess because you're like, well, I, I felt good about this. I knew that this is what I was supposed to be doing, but now I'm feeling like I'm hitting roadblocks. But I think that that's really just a part of the process because, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, everything is a, you're going to learn. You have to make mistakes. You have to fall down in order to figure out what's the best way to do things for you. So I feel like you're all, while you have that peace and that you have that feeling of alignment, you also have to accept the fact that there is going to be a couple bumps in the road that are going to come along the way. Mm -hmm. 
And was this something that your, your faith being so strong and instilled in you, was that something that you always had um, growing up? Um, where did that come from? Or was it something you found much later in life? Interesting enough, my father was the one that introduced me to the Christian faith as a young child. And um, at the time, my mom, him and my mother were split up. My mom was a, I'm not going to say she wasn't a believer, but at my mom's house, we didn't go to church, but at my dad's house, we did. <laughs> hmm. So my dad introduced me to all of those things. And um, over time, I always knew that there was a God. And I always knew I listened to gospel music, but I didn't always go to church and I hadn't opened my Bible ever until I got to college. <laughs> so what the real transition for me was when I was in college, it was 2007. And my mom actually had moved to North Carolina at this time where I have, I moved to North Carolina to go to school. I'm originally from New Jersey. And my, uh, my mom found a church to go to. So I started going to the church with her. I gave my life to Christ. And from that point, that's what really started my journey of walking out this faith walk for real. So I always like to say my dad planted the seed, my mom put a little bit of water on it, and then God just propelled it to where he where it is today. Okay. Okay. And you you had mentioned that you're you you're not a stranger to adversity, and I think none of us are. Um, I I like I've come to feel that I think sometimes when we take our eyes off God and we make idols of other things, and suddenly you know we're not we're not keeping God at the center, um, we almost have to reach the end of ourselves to again depend on Him. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just wondering if there was a situation in terms of your that these moments of adversity for you, if there was a specific situation where you felt that and, you know, you, God was able to work more in you at that time because of that. Now with hindsight, you can say because of that adversity that you went through. Yes, absolutely. So a very um, particular situation that comes to mind is when I decided to go back to school for medical assisting. And um, there was so many roles, like it seemed like blocks in front of me. Um, I had, I'm, I mean, I don't want to say I had a troubled past, but I, I had gotten into some trouble, you know, younger years, you make poor decisions. And when I decided I was ready to go back to school, um, I remember I got through the enrollment process. I did everything that I, um, knew to do. And what ended up happening was I, I remember I was in orientation and one of the directors pulled me into a room and was like, Hey, you know, with the things that you've gone through in your history, nobody's going to hire you. Nobody's going to give you an internship and you might just want to just not waste your money and not go through this program. So mm -hmm. I remember leaving immediately and I was completely broken, completely devastated. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do now, God? I went home and I cried like a baby and I just was like, well, what am I going to do? And after I pulled myself out of my funk, God mm -hmm. was like, you're going to believe me. If I told you to do this, then you're going to do it. Don't listen to what people say because there's no door that they can close in your face. So I got a phone call from same school, but they had a different campus. The admissions director over there told me to come in. She said, nope, come in. Let's talk about it. I talked to her about it. She also thought the same thing. She was like, nope. She said, so you can do anything. Don't cancel your dream. You should see this through. Um, I enrolled into school, was on the dean's, dean's list, president's list, excelled, graduated with honors. And then I also was able to land the internship that they said I would never get. And this particular doctor's office, it was a chiropractor's office, they never hired students from the school, but he decided to hire me. 
So I love that story and I tell it often because I always want people to know whenever God's hand is on your life and his hand is on something that you're trying to walk, you're trying to walk into, don't let people stop you. Don't let, um, don't let your past stop you. If God said it, he's going to see you through and he's going to, he's going to break the rules for you. So I always tell people like, God breaks the rules for me because I'm his child and he loves me and I have favor in my life. So um, while that I thought the things from my past were going to stop me from moving forward, they didn't. It actually opened the door for more opportunities for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, great story. That's amazing. And off the, uh, like, off the back of that sort of uh, to develop that further, like obviously we rely on our own understanding a lot of the times. Um, we're interacting with so many different people from different cultures and different belief systems. And I think sometimes you just get sucked in. Um, and I think, you know, everyone has a different opinion. And sometimes for reassurance, we ask people of their opinion and their thoughts. But, you know, obviously, if, you're, if, the, if, the, if the advice, I guess, is rooted in the word, in terms of God's word, it's very different to like worldly advice that you get. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we depend rather, instead of on our own understanding and instead of wanting reassurance from other people and other things, um, how do we depend more on God? What are the steps we can do to depend more on God? Great question. Um, Because I'm in a season now of depending on God. So one of the things that I make a daily ritual is making sure that I wake up and I put something positive in my ears, whether it's prayer, whether it's an audio book, whether it's um, worship music, I make sure I center myself and center, start my day off on a positive note with God. Um, another thing is making sure that you're reading your word, because if you're reading your word and you're filling yourself with what God says, it's easier for you to rely on his word mm-hmm. when you start to feel like you can't. So that and then worship. Worship is a perspective changer. And I think that this is the one key aspect that a lot of people miss because, you know, people pray and they read their word, but it's that worship that becomes one, your warfare, and it comes that place where you become intimate with God. And when you become intimate with God, you become closer with him. And it's easier for you to rely on somebody that you trust. And how do you build trust with somebody? Intimacy. Mm-hmm. So once you build that, then of course, prayer. You want to pray what you've read in your word. You want to pray the things that God has shared with you in that intimate time. And you want to you want to pray it in faith because what does God do? God takes those prayers, his angels pick them up and they go out and carry them out. So mm-hmm. it's really a daily surrender from the mind and the heart and your own will. And you have to really just like, okay, God, I don't have the answers. I don't know what to do. But today I surrender myself to you again. You fill yourself up with worship, whatever it is, you leave it at. And I, I like to say, I like to have a private altar at my home, as well as, you know, there's altars at church. Leave everything at the altar and then walk away from it and be at peace. This is the other key thing. Be at peace that whatever the outcome is for whatever you gave to God, when you surrendered it, it's going to work for your good. Mm, yeah, that's good. Now doing that for oneself is um, not easy, but easier than when another person is in the equation and you're either in a relationship with someone or what, whether that's a marital relationship or any kind of relationship, friendship, family, uh, spouse, you know, whatever that is. Um, I just feel like we, again, become in a state of wanting to, I'm not sure if it's wanting to control, but um, 
we develop obviously there's connections and feelings attached which i i feel like in some ways can become like quite strong blockages to to leaving things at the altar and surrendering like you said because suddenly we want to control the outcome in in those situations when it is a matter of the heart and when we are attached when we develop these attachments how do we go about that do we do the same thing that you you know you spoke about before or does it take a lot more um yeah does it take a lot more to be able to still walk in god's will and still be like god i trust you you know when it comes to this other person who might not have the same understanding as you yeah and i know that from um even recent experience because when it comes to the word of God and when it comes to this Christian walk, you know, whether it's your spouse or it's a friend, or if it's just somebody you met on social media that disagrees with something you you believe in. Right. Um, And that starts to challenge you. The one thing that I'd like to always keep at the core is what did God say? Mm. So no matter what's going on, what, what is God saying about that? Mm. And if you can go back to what God says about it and plant yourself back in that, you'll get your footing again, but it's going, it's, it is hard. It takes, um, it'll shake and rattle your faith. But the one thing, and that's why I harp on having a personal relationship with God, because the one person that you can always trust is God. The one person that's not going to change is God. He is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. And you don't have to worry about him saying, well, I said this in my word, but I I don't, I don't feel that way today. Mm. So I do believe that your solid relationship with God is what, um, blocks out all the noise yeah but you have to make you have to make that a daily sacrifice of yourself in order to have that and a lot of people don't do that and they try to control their lives they try to control the outcomes of things and what happens is you end up falling on your face Mm -hmm. and then you have to reap the the repercussions of your actions and then you're like okay god now i'm going to do it your way and god will sit back and let you you know worry yourself to death or walk in pride and He'll just, you know, he'll let, he'll, he'll, you know, he will nudge and be like, hey, don't do that. But if you don't listen, he'll let you do it your way. So yeah. I think that, you know, re- really having a true, sur- and, it, and that surrender is, it's, um, it's not easy because when you really lay down your life and you pick up your cross and you decide that you're going to do this thing with God, you, you take the good and the bad. There might be some hits that God needs you to take for his plan, right? Um, and that's a part you have to accept. You have to accept the fact that you're going to get the, the best of the best, but you may get some of the worst of the worst too. So mm-hmm. it's really just, um, it's, it's a decision. What do you want? Like, what, what is it that you want? And I think that that's where the release of control comes from. Because if, if you fall on your head enough times, at some point you're going to say, okay, I need to do things differently. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and so when it comes to like this this burning question which people have of like knowing you know who is for you, um, I I don't know if the sky opens and there's some like beaming light or rainbows that we see, but um yeah how how do we know that how should it feel is there is there a specific way that it should feel is it about asking God like is this person for me. Um, and getting some kind of clear sign because sometimes I think like especially in our relationship with God I sometimes feel like you wonder is this my own voice and my own understanding again or is this is this like a sign or like this intuition or something that God God's sending you know which, which is it yeah 
Um, this is the tricky thing, especially when it comes to relationships and trying to see if this person is for you. Because I've grown to believe that God doesn't just have this one person in life that you're going to be with. I don't, you know, some people believe in soulmates. I, you know, I'm kind of 50-50 on it. I believe that some people, they have fate where they just, they find that person. But then I also believe that God gives us the opportunity to choose. And I believe that God will present people who are um, suitable suitors and people that he would say, you know what? Yeah, you guys could carry out this plan that I have for your lives. You guys could do this. I can see this working and God will say, yeah, go forward. But then I also believe that God, and he's done this for me plenty of times, he'll be like, nope. Don't go that way. This per- this is what's going to happen with this person. I'm warning you, don't do it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that when it comes to that is what, and, and this is another part, like what do you want out of a, a, a spouse or a mate or whoever? What is it that you want? Does that align with God's will for your life? And then when that person is presented, do they want the same thing? Because I also believe that we, and we all have this, we all have free will. So while God can say, Sally and Joe are perfect for each other. Joe may say, "Mm, I think I kind of want Suzette instead. And God may say, you know what? Suzette was also a good choice for you too. So I think that, you know, and I said this in a, somebody asked me today, they asked me this question on my Insta story. And I said, um, pray, of course, ask God, see what God is saying, and then get and watch the person over time. People always say, watch people over four seasons. I say two to four seasons. Watch them over the seasons and see how they are and then make a decision. You don't have to make the decision right off. Some people know that they know that they know in the beginning. And then some people need a little bit more time, but you just have to embrace what does your journey look like? Yeah. You know, and, and look for, and also I think knowing what you want and knowing your, your deal breakers is very key because I think what happens for a lot of people is they know their deal breakers, they know the things that they don't want, but then they're so desperate for a relationship and that companionship and that longing for to have someone else that they start looking at things and like, oh, that's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But it's something that's really a deal breaker for you. And then you start compromising after one, one compromise leads to several other compromises. And then you find yourself in a place where you're like, how did I get here? Because this isn't what I wanted. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, patience. Sure. Mm-hmm. Patience and prayer and um, time, for sure. Yeah. And in those situations where you said, like, God spoke to you and said, like, no, this isn't for you. Um, obviously, there's so much talk right now, and particularly on this series, I'm talking to, like, coaches, people who we're talking about, like, triggers and boundaries. And, and, and another word which keeps coming up now, especially on social media, are these, you know, red flags. Like, we could be mm-hmm. looking for these red flags. But I think obviously, again, that um, it's kind of, you know, on a worldly plane, perhaps we call it red flags and on a supernatural plane, it would be something, something different. But I'm just curious as to what was, what was that um, confirmation for you that no, you know, you, you don't go in this direction, you need to step away. Um, so one thing about red flags, red flags don't always mean no, sometimes they just mean stop. And when you, when I meet, what I mean by that is sometimes it's like, because people have triggers and because people have um, traumas that they haven't dealt with, you may see something in somebody that they haven't dealt with, but that doesn't unqualify them for a future with you. It just Mm -hmm. may mean, Hey, when we're going through premarital counseling, this is something that we need to discuss, or this is something that you may want to see a counselor about. This is something that we want to 
go ahead and address now so that way we don't have to deal with it later. If you have daddy wounds or mommy wounds or you have rejection, abandonment issues, um, you were molested as a child, whatever it was, because all of those things become triggers in your relationship. Um, let's deal with it. Let's deal with those things now. And then we can move forward with the next phase of our relationship. So some red flags for me was um, one, not being a believer. That's a, that's, that's a huge, skirt. <laughs> yeah. if you, you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, there is no future of marriage with Jennifer. Right. You know, that, that, that's one of the things that I'm just like, hmm. Mm-hmm. I can I can compromise if it comes to what city we're living in. If I'm here in North Carolina and you're here, or even a city, uh, I'm in North Carolina, you're in Charlotte. I can compromise and say which city we're going to live in, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to which God we serve, absolutely not. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a big one for me. That's probably the, the number one red flag or stop sign for me. Okay. And then to like whenever I felt like I had someone who was a potential potential prospect for a husband I have way because they said in in the in the in the multitude of counsel there is safety so I have people that I trust that I run the person past hey what do you think about them Mm. I let them meet them let them talk to them that way I'm not making the decision by myself. I have other people who have good discernment that have a relationship with God that know me personally and the will of God for my life. And they can say, you know what, Jennifer? Yeah. Or Jennifer? No. <laughs> and my mom is like, oh, she's been so good. Like my mom just knows. It's so crazy. She'll be like, from the beginning, she'll be like, no. Or she'll be like, yeah. And, I, <laughs> and, if, and if I go forth after she's told me no, I always figure out why. And I'm like, I should have just listened to you from the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's great. Um, Is is there something for you now, you know, we we have gone into 2020 and of course, by the time this releases, we're going to be further in, but something that you had to release in, in 2019 in order to move forward for you, something significant. Oh, like something internal to release. Um, hmm. Or external. I have to release myself from depending on people's opinions about my life and how that I should live it. Because what I'm learning is that I can hear very clearly from God for myself. And I've made really good decisions before some of these people came into my life. And when you have too many people in your ear, it's harder to hear. So one thing that I've been releasing myself of is having too many people have a say-so over Jennifer's life and really just honing in with me and God and maybe one or two trusted people and work and walking life out that way without, while I think all these other people are amazing, without having them dictate what's best for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. And now obviously being a coach and helping others through this process of coaching, do you feel this sense of responsibility that I sometimes feel like, you know, it's, it's um, people, people who have been blessed with obviously that the ability to be able to coach other people and give advice to other people, that it's, um, it's such a responsibility and it's easier almost to give advice and play that role as opposed to taking it and applying it on your own life. Um, so did, did you feel like before you got into this in a professional level that you had to be equipped to sort of apply that advice in your own life before you're able to give it? Or do you feel like it's a constant work in progress? 
I think it's both. I think that you have to get to a certain level of accountability personally and with others in order to pour into other people. And then I feel like you're always going to be shedding different layers of yourself off as you become who you're supposed to be, right? So there's that part, there, there's that part and then there's also seasons where you don't pour. And I think people don't realize that even as a coach and as a uh, motivational speaker, you have to know when to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, like, this is a season of resting for me because I've gone through some things that I need to process myself before I can pour back into other people people on a coaching level um so yeah yeah and and what do you what does that season of rest look like what does rest mean to you Mm -hmm. so rest means turning down the noise it means also filling myself back up because when you pour and you pour and you pour and you pour you can become empty so that means reading books, listening to um, podcasts, listening to audio books, reading my Bible, spending time with God, because he's the ultimate person that can fill me up with the things that are uniquely for me, right? I can read everybody else's resources and books and all of that great stuff. But if I don't spend time with the one who created me, then I'm not going to get that unique thing that he has for me to pour out. So that's what rest looks like for me. It also means, um, spending time with people that edify who I am, that affirm me, that love me. Um, and it also means literal rest. <laughs> um, when instead of feeling like you're on the rabbit wheel all the time, you're going, 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 talking to this client, doing this business part of doing da-da-da-da, taking that time to go home. And you know what? You can get in the bed today and you can watch a movie and you don't have to worry about anything else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think it's so important that you mentioned this, that, you know, so much about other people as well and surrounding yourself with the right people and are there specifically has there been times in your life where you have let go of I mean not necessarily relationships now but even friendships or when you feel like a person is no longer serving you or um is is the right energy to be around have you do you feel like that shift happens automatically or has it been like a conscious choice of distancing yourself from certain individuals um, sometimes it's, it just happens, but then sometimes it's a conversation. Um, I, I've recently had to distance myself from someone that I absolutely love and, um, I don't consider them not a friend. I just don't need what it is that they think that I need from them in this season. So I've just, you know, I'm available here if you need me, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, uh, intentionally building that relationship if that makes sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you know it can happen one or two ways I feel like conversations are the most healthiest way because you never want to just leave somebody thinking like "Hmm, what happened and you just and you miss out on a good friendship because of a misunderstanding yeah um but then I also feel like there are some friendships that you just kind of know each other and you're just like you know what okay no love lost right now, but I'll talk to you in about 30 days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Now, going back to like sort of what we what we tapped into at the beginning, just about you being creative and then obviously the business side begun and it's taken you on a on a different path completely. Is there any kind of regret looking back or do you feel like, have you, is there anything that you are able to, to take away and still do now, which is creative and it's like, fulfilling you in that way or do you feel like life's just taken a different route for you and you have a different purpose and that's more clear and therefore you're enjoying that completely and fully um yeah I do have a few regrets (laughs) if I when I was younger and I was making the kind of money I was making I would have had a better financial coach that would have poured more um wisdom about investing 
mm-hmm. that is one regret that I would that I will say that I have outside of that though I think that everything else is pretty much orchestrated for me to fall exactly where I am today yeah. um literally if some things didn't happen if some relationships weren't formed because of decisions for businesses and different things that I, I put myself out there for, especially on social media, I don't think I would be where I am today. I probably would still be a bartender and still at that call center and still trying to figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, it's been so good speaking to you and thank you for sharing a little bit about you and your life and, and sharing your wisdom. And I hope uh, people can take a lot away from it. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. And that was the end of an episode of the series of release. I will be back next Sunday with another episode from the same series as we continue this journey, primarily focused on relationships, on healing, on self-love. And I'm super excited for you to tune in to more episodes with a lot more new guests. I can promise you that you're going to take something away from all of these episodes and all of the amazing people that I'm going to be talking to. And meanwhile, you can stay updated with everything Unplug on the Instagram page, Unplug with Annie, and on the Facebook page, Unplug with Annie. You can also go to the website and sign up for the emails if you haven't already, which is www.unplugwithannie.com.